Welcome, welcome to Mozzie and the Muscle, our show about all things football and, well, maybe just a few things outside of that. We are not reporters, we are not journalists, but damn it, we do love to talk about it. Welcome into Mozzie and the Muscle. I am the Muscle, joined by my co-host, who is just happy to have a football team that looks like a real football team, Mozzie. It's true. It's true. I watched the Jets in their preseason game, and they looked like a football team (laughs) for the first time in a little little bit. A little bit there. A couple years, at least five. I'm going to say five, maybe six. It's Uh, been a while. Whatever, 2015. When they had Fitzmagic. They beat the Patriots. They're ten and five, and then they lost to go ten and six, which should have still made the playoffs because other teams did at ten and six. But you know who's counting or anything. What anyway. was the last Sanchez year? Was that like oh nine? Uh, twenty eleven. They made the playoffs again. That was when they beat the Bengals, right? And they beat the. They lost to the Steelers in the AFC Championship again. Um, I, I, th- I think they beat the Bengals that year, and then I want to say he was still there twenty twelve, and then it was curtains for the sanchise <laughs> the sanchise yeah was, curtains closed on the broadway quarterback was that ever like was that actual like hope that jets fans had with him like or was it just like hey our team's fine cool we're i think ass. most of us were like he's not good but we don't hate him as a person yeah he's fairly charismatic and funny and like all seems like a good guy he just we just know that he's not the guy. <laughs> yeah, and he's at least he's like in NFL lore forever now with the butt fumble. True, with the butt fumble. <laughs> uh, he's memorable. Yeah, immortalized, some would say. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this week, uh, we're going to go over some preseason uh, games that we had over this past weekend. You know, we had the Hall of Fame game a couple weeks ago. Now we had some actual action. We got to see... Some of these rookies we've been hyped about got maybe, um, I don't want to say clarity, maybe a lack of clarity on certain situations. And um, <laughs> yeah, there, there was definitely enough, like, enough takeaways that we can maybe, you know, do something actionable with it. And, you know, if, if it continues like the next two weeks and then be like the next two weeks of preseason also is kind of going to be interesting to see how teams approach it. Like if this is going to be like if week two is going to be the usual week three and then if week three is going to be like every veteran rest or if it's going to be like the ramp up where like the week three is like still the same as the last, like the usual week three where like that's when the veterans play the most because they get, they get an extra week off between preseason right. and real season this year. So they might, that's kind of what I'm expecting, yeah. but who knows? I, I don't know about you, but I've never really watched preseason, at least not this much. No. Um, I felt like I was watching teams take it a little more seriously. And I don't mean like, it's still preseason, but they. Uh, I think that a lot of these coaches after last year were like, you know what, like this is a gift for us to yeah. kind of see what we can do and play around with some new concepts and try some things out. And it's one of those where you don't really care about the score as long as you can feel good about how certain things went and mm-hmm. take that into practice. Um, so I felt like I, even in preseason, I was able to glean a little bit of stuff, at least from most of the games 
about what to expect with the coming season, either in regards to scheme uh, or some of these rookies that we have been hyping up and we're really excited to watch. So I, I was glad. I really wanted to uh, actually watch preseason a bit this year, and I thought I got a little bit out of it. Uh, and maybe it was because we didn't have preseason last year that we're excited about it. Right. Just yeah, it's it's our first chance to really see it because last year there was there was really no anything to glean from the off season at all. So now it's just like ooh, we took this for granted. Football. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we get to see Dan Campbell and have our Dan Campbell quotes every mm, week. He gets a good one every week. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, before we uh, before we get into the preseason takes, uh, we can go through some news. Hey, what's up? It's me. Um, we recorded this and then. It came out that Waller was back, and he's practicing looking like a stud. So instead of wasting like five minutes of your time, I'm going to waste like two minutes of your time because we talked about the Raiders still, and uh, I wanted to include that. So we'll go back in now. <laughs> I've, I've heard a lot of like back and forth about like who's really in charge there. Yeah, is it Mayock? Is it Gruden? Is it whomever? Like, And I'm sure there's – I don't know who has the final say, like if it's Gruden who has the final say or what. That's kind of what I think is I think Gruden has the final say. And Mayock can, like, do all these things, but ultimately Gruden can be like, nah, we're doing this. Yeah, I feel like Gruden, and I don't know if I've made this analogy on the pod before, but I have I know I've thought it before. Uh, it's like he's doing, like, a YouTube challenge where he's, like, trying to cook the best meals he can, but by buying everything for it, like, from the frozen aisle at Walmart, like, all the generic right. stuff, and he's trying to use that to make the best meal possible. Like, that's what, like, that's what he's doing to himself. He's like, he's he's made the roster, I think, objectively worse since he's arrived. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, and like, I I think Darren Waller might be the only one who was a new addition. I'm not sure if he was like around before Gruden or not, but yeah, the, the roster has gotten worse since he's arrived. Like their defense, I would say, is better this year. Um, looking I, I through hope it. So. You have Jonathan Hankins and Gawkway, Quellen Farrell, but uh, the off just the offensive line, whatever the fuck happened. Yeah, that being put in shambles made me sad. That is really stupid. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how the Raiders look this year. But um, what <laughs> what what else we got on the news docket here? Uh, let's see. Um, Dion Lewis retired, which isn't super. <laughs> You know, relevant now because he was kind of off. Yeah, I thought he might have already. Years. Yeah, but you know, he did. He won a soup. Did he win? Yeah, he won right. Super uh, Bowl I think with the, the, Patriots. the Patriots. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Chicago signed Jason Peters, who even though he's old and has been oft injured, he is still a huge, massive human being that is pretty good at playing left tackle still, mm-hmm. um, and that's really good for them because you know. As we'll get into with that game, Justin Fields looked pretty solid, and we want him to be protected. Um, Chicago's O-line is a little bit better this year, which is nice to see. It's still not great, but it's better. Mm-hmm. And if, if they do start out with Andy Dalton, it'll be nice to have a good line. But I think, the yeah. if I recall, the betting odds have, have flipped now to Fields being the favorite to start. He should be. It's, it's either, it either flipped or majorly decreased to where it's like barely uh, Andy, but... I mean, if I'm Matt Nagy, I would want to start Fields anyway because then I have more of an excuse to keep my job. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
you're just like, he's a rookie. Of course we didn't win, you know, a billion games. Yeah, you know, he's a rookie. It's, you know, it's what it is. What it is. But uh, <laughs> um, I guess in that vein, maybe we want Dalton to start. But <laughs> Justin Fields looked pretty good, so we kind of want him in there. Yeah, and seeing him, again, on the move, which is kind of the big point for fantasy, he can scoot. He can surely scoot. He can scoop. So, yeah, please start him. Um, <laughs> and then we have... So I thought he had already gotten suspended, but I guess they finally suspended Darius Guy's six games for uh, the domestic violence issue that came up with him yeah. um, a while back, and then he got cut. Legal things take a while. Yeah, like I, I said, like I was surprised. that for like a year, mostly in regard to the Watson situation, uh-huh. but like this was last year. Yeah, this was a while ago, cause, and he already got like cut too, and he hasn't played since, so I just assumed something right. already happened. <laughs> now it's official. Now it's official. Mm-hmm. And uh, Way to go, dude. Yeah, and I said, I'm, I'm curious if slash when something with Watson will come up. Dude, I was so pissed. Uh, there was a clip of I kept one of the Colts running backs he done the death chart. He like had a run where he like carried a bunch of guys and like he celebrated, and apparently it, it got flagged because the NFL is like mm. apparently wants to crack down on that this year, which is stupid. No one asked for that. I'm yeah. Just like, so as it stands right now, if you celebrate in the direction of a player, it's a penalty. That's so dumb. Which is ridiculous. Uh huh. And I'm like, <laughs> why? Why is this like their priority instead of like dealing with everything involving Deshaun Watson? And these 22 women who are filing charges against him like why is watson not on the commissioner's exempt list or like something why is something not been done with that but meanwhile you're like you know we don't want people celebrating too hard Let's right yeah it. we want to keep the game respectful yeah yeah deshaun watson what are you talking about we're yeah that's a whole thing yeah i still don't know why that has not anyway like i get the legal stuff takes a while but nfl can the nfl can do something we they they right. they fully established they are separate from the law and can do as they please with the players. So. Right. Yeah. No. They can you know sanction players as they so desire and haven't seen any of that so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But next up uh, we got <laughs> Ha Ha Clinton Dix signing with San Fran again a just a wonderful name there. Wonderful name. Ah, uh, he's not that old, so no, I mean, he's I super young. He had... This is like his third or fourth year, isn't it? Right. He's been with. He's bounced around a couple teams. Like Lions and sure. Packers, I thought. Uh, Could be wrong. Go? Packers, and then uh, where else did he go? He went somewhere else for a year. He go to Washington. I think he went to Washington. Oh, maybe actually. Sorry, I, mi- I mixed uh, up my defunct franchises. <laughs> right. But a nice little depth piece for the safety position there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good. Uh, what else? There was also a really sneaky sort of trade that happened uh, with the Jaguars sending Joe Schobert to the Steelers. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, which was really weird because they only got a sixth back for him. Um, Joe Schobert was pretty good with the Browns. When he went to the Jags, he kind of signed a mega deal. It was like five years, 53. Yeah, it was a big contract. Million. Uh, so I kind of feel like new GM with the Jags, Trent Baalke, was just kind of like, we're overpaying this guy. <laughs> and this was like a contract dump off because a sixth rounder is nothing. And I'm assuming it's all just because of the money mm-hmm. that he has to be paid. Uh, the Steelers, though, need linebackers with that style of defense they run. I believe they do a 3-4. So you've got uh, Devin Bush and TJ Watt. You might as well have a third guy in there that's good because the rest mm-hmm. is not. 
Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a, good, it's a good move for the Steelers for sure. Kind of a like I, I don't really get the move for the Jags to be honest. I mean, I know you're paying him a lot, but you know your defense not super good. Uh, I guess they'll just be <laughs> playing from behind even more. Lots, yeah. of, lots of throwing. Yeah, but I didn't. Re- I didn't really understand the move from the Jags standpoint, other than to save money. It was kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, eh, they're going to be bad anyway. So, like, I guess might as well not pay. Yourself. Yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you know what? I don't know what the Jags are always doing, <laughs> or I often don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I'd say that's most of the time for me. <laughs> And then uh, we had Craig Reynolds signing with Detroit. Which was, uh, so he basically met the team in the huddle. Or, like, he was introducing himself to players in the huddle. Like, they had just signed him. And <laughs> he kind of donged. He did really well. <laughs> and uh, Dan Campbell had some great things to say about him. Just of kind course. of like, you know, you could see it in his eyes, basically, which I love to hear. <laughs> Uh, you just see it in his eyes that he was there to compete, even if he didn't know the playbook at all. Like, whatever, I'm here to you can mm-hmm. put me in and you can rely on me. I think Dan Campbell's going to reward that. I like he, that guy's probably going to make the team, or at least like hang around the practice squad. Exactly that bubble there because they've got a lot of running backs and they have to make a lot of roster cuts, which is something coming up soon. Um, but you know what? He played really well, and I think Dan Campbell looks at that and he's like, this guy. I want him on my team. He bites kneecaps. <laughs> yeah, he was he was at a presser talking about uh, like working at a cattle ranch and like a chicken sack, like a chicken shack, and talking about how like he learned to clean chicken. He's like, I can do it blind over and over. <laughs> talking about how like he like talking about how much he hated like like cleaning chickens, and then he went on to talk about like he he got to work the window finally, and then he was like. Kind of like talking about how like he like stick his head up out the window. This is that, and he's like, he's like, I got paid for that part at least. <laughs> like, so <laughs> there are no turds here, <laughs> dude. Yeah, so Dan Campbell. I guess that's that's this quote of the week is I learned how to clean chicken, and I can do it blind over and over. I can do it blind over and over. Yeah, he's he's a gem. I love him. Love me some Dan Campbell. So I'm very. I said I'm so glad that Dan Campbell quote of the week is a segment we can like legitimately do very easily each week. Like the hard, honestly, the hard part will be narrowing it down. Right, he's <laughs> gonna give us so much, so much ammunition. <laughs> and then uh, last little news before we talk about the games, uh, Alden Smith was released by Seattle, and um, I guess the thought was kind of proactive move for pending offseason issues, probably. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, his uh, so Pete said uh, that Alden Smith couldn't hold up his end, whatever that means. Um, I, I just kind of like looked through and found uh, it. Keep your shit together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah, he couldn't keep his shit together. I'm looking for like more detail because I can't find a ton. The only they really I said couldn't a lot find of a lot either. That was just yeah. The rumor was like, yep, he's got some stuff coming, so we're just gonna get rid of him now. Mm-hmm. But, oh well, yeah. Seemed to have a little bit of a comeback last year with the Cowboys. Maybe put some stuff behind him. Hopefully, hopefully he was cut for just not being in shape or learning the playbook yeah. or something. I, I know, hope it wasn't or, something like yeah, off field, but legal. TBD. I'm sure we'll find out soon. Yeah, but so on to the games. So, um, Mozzie here went ham on reviewing the preseason games. Um, 
<laughs> I got chances to watch bits and pieces of some during after this this that, but you definitely went very hard through uh, seven of them, and then we've got some kind of notes for the rest. So why don't you kick us off here? Yeah, I couldn't get through all of the games in time, but I did get to watch a good amount of them. Um, and I kind of just started in order here. First, we had Washington playing against the Patriots. Um, I think, uh, like, we'll start with the biggest takeaway, which is Mac Jones. Mac Jones can, uh, as we anticipated and talked about multiple times, operate a Patriot system quite mm-hmm. efficiently. And... To be honest, he might be able to operate it a little better than Cam. As much as we love Cam, and I hate saying that because he's really awesome, but just the type of quarterback that Mac Jones is, he seemed to be really comfortable making reads and just operating the Patriots offense. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, these are things we kind of thought we knew going in, but I think it was worth mentioning and confirmed because that team he was playing against – was Washington and their defense is pretty scary. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, even if they did have some backups in there, uh, they had a lot of starters too. Yeah, I mean, freaking Chase Young, he's absurd. Oh man, just yeah, a, a monster. I will say <laughs> he's a monster. Like, yeah, literally, literally, like he would be someone if they made a football version of Space Jam, who they would like suck the power from pretty much. Right, they would take his power to become <laughs> like a behemoth monster. <laughs> But um, oh yeah. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of Cam, did you see the? Actually, I sent you that clip of him and Ron like greeting each other. That was so yeah. Wholesome. That was very wholesome. I loved that. Yeah, it was like, it was oh, like Ron. <laughs> yeah, they're so excited to see each other. That was great. I will remember <laughs> you. <laughs> oh man. So yeah. What what else? What else did you get from this game? Uh, Ramondre Stevenson. Anyone draft him? That guy looked like he was on fire. Uh, like literally, like the house was burning down, and he had to escape from it. Uh, what a performance, guy! Uh, I think he was drafted this year, right? Yes, he's a rookie, mm-hmm. rookie out of uh, Oklahoma. Um, he kind of torched, to be completely honest. How and many? He had 127 yards, I think. Two touchdowns on 10 carries. Yeah, a lot, a lot of big chunk plays for him. He did have a 91 yard touchdown run. Um, but you know that's still pretty awesome yeah. considering it was late in the game with a you know, Washington was only down by two and he just housed it uh so you know we like we kind of know how the Patriots do their running back situation they cycle through multiple people and every week it's really hard to determine who it's gonna be but mm-hmm. I think there will be weeks where it's him yeah and like one of the tough things with the Patriots is we've seen like like last year we saw them like keep Damian Harris was this last year or his rookie year? His rookie year, we saw Damian Harris just get like held under wraps, and then he got some use last year. And then it's like, are they gonna Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, like do the that same thing to him? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can see it. I thought he looked looked better than Michelle. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I don't like the because we know the whole like how Belichick is with rookies and this this that, and but if he's good. Like, they, they don't have anyone on the roster who is, like, you know, this guy is demanding carries, so he should be getting some looks during the regular season. I would be disappointed and kind of surprised if he doesn't at this point. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you've got Damian Harris, Stevenson, and then you've also got James White catching passes. Yeah, he's going to do his thing regardless. Right, he's going to do the James White thing. He's been on the team for a decade. <laughs> 
Pretty Feels much. like he's been on the team for like a hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> and he's still doing James White things. When did James White even come into the league? I'm looking that up now because I'm like, it feels like he's been around like forever. He's only 29. Huh. Isn't that wild? He must have come in young. Um, 20. Let's see. His first year was 2014. But yeah, he was with the Pats. Like he's been with the Pats his whole career. Going into his eighth season here. Eighth season. Oh, man. And he's great he's still really good but yeah that Ramondre stevenson was that was pretty cool that was fun to watch um <laughs> pro uh, pro football reference lists uh james white's receiving stats like before his running stats <laughs> right <laughs> he's basically a tiny wideout. yeah it's like the the ty montgomery role that like ty montgomery <laughs> was in but i guess that's the james white role ty montgomery is in the james white role uh right <laughs> Uh, it should also be worth mentioning that part of why Stevenson did look good is because the Patriots O-line is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, they they have a bounce back from last year. They had a ton of people either not playing or opting out. And a lot of them had, you know, reasonable concerns why they didn't play. Like, I think David Andrews has some kind of condition, but he's back at center. Shaq Mason's one of the best guards in the game. They got Trent Brown. So now their right tackle is secure. And Isaiah Wynn is a really good left tackle. So they are... I did a little O-line ranking thing, too, as I was going through preseason. Because mm-hmm. um, it just kind of worked. It just kind of worked. Yeah. Uh, the new guy is on Wenu at left guard, and even he looks solid. So their offensive line is one of the best in the NFL, and they are going to run. They are going to do some crazy run stuff this year. And so I think you're going to see a healthy dose of Harris, Stevenson, and White, and uh, not probably Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what's going to happen with Michelle for the rest of his career. But, but uh, one of the things we talk about is tight end and running back. A lot of times that kind of goes together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the Patriots are going to be like the beacon of that this yeah. year. <laughs> strong in the trenches, strong at tight end, strong at running back. They're going to just pound it down your throat and be very efficient. And Mac Jones isn't going to be asked to throw, I'm going to say, more than 28 th- times a game. But he's going to be asked to, you know operate the system and keep it efficient and that's not to say he won't get touchdowns but he's just not going to throw a ton he won't have to. yeah that's not what they want to have happen they want to keep it kind of low volume in general but so washington the 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 bits i saw i saw yami looking decent and like he and heineken had a good connection so if you know if heineken comes in yami what might be his guy but what did you see from the other quarterbacks well yeah i was gonna say speaking of the quarterbacks on the flip side, we got Fitzmagic, who, man, I'm hyped for Fitzmagic. Right now, <laughs> I think they might win the East. Um, I mean, it's it's <laughs> wide open. It's wide open. The Cowboys right now, should, I'm kind of but... torn between Washington and Dallas to win it. I'm not really in Here's the, the thing. other two. It always, like, it almost always should be Dallas, but Dallas always finds a way to, like, not win it, you know? Exactly. And their depth is really bad, but oh yeah, the uh, Washington has a pretty good O line. Um, it's better than I thought, at least going in. They did get Charles Leno, who's a left tackle that played with the Bears, which take that for what you will. But they do have a left tackle now. Um, Eric Flowers was pretty good at guard, and he's actually the backup guard right now. So they're like they have a good, they have a pretty <laughs> solid line. It's better than I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and Fitzmagic is just gonna. Mm, he seems to have really good connections already with McLaurin and Humph Daddy, not to mention Logan Thomas. So that's three of the guys, and then I'm hoping De'Ami Brown can work his way in there too. Yeah, 
they've got they've got a solid group. Like this is definitely like the most talent they've had on the offensive side in a while. Oh, definitely. Uh, the backup was a guy uh, that got drafted, I think, a year ago. That was Steven Montez. Mm-hmm. And he went to, I want to say, a smaller school like Colorado or something. Yeah, Colorado. No, yeah, Washington took him. This is his, I, I think he has one season with them last year as the backup. He had a good amount of hype coming out of college. He is uh, 6'5", 235, and I thought he actually looked pretty solid. I know it's preseason, but that'd be really cool to see him develop and learn under Fitzmagic and maybe turn into a starter. Uh, he was a later round pick, but... He did have a little bit of hype coming out of camp, and he went to a smaller school, so I think that, you know, that hurt him. Mm-hmm. But that'd be really – I would love to see that. Um, he wasn't throwing to the A team out there, but he was still looked pretty good. Like, even if the defense wasn't as great for the Patriots, it's still the Patriots. Like, yeah. it kind of doesn't matter who the personnel is with the Patriots, to be honest. They're really all about the scheme. And he, he, he looked he good. Ra- yeah, he ran some. Not like a ton, but he's big, so, like – you know they're gonna they're gonna use him some to run, but yeah he's 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 a large dude for sure. And uh, it's I found it kind of funny they have a Steven Montez and a Montez sweat, right? <laughs> All the Montezes. But yeah, it was uh, that was definitely a good game to see a little bit from. Obviously the Patriots aren't gonna open their playbook up, mm-hmm. <laughs> but. They don't. They kind of can afford to do whatever because they change their scheme every week, and coaches know that. Yeah. Uh, so it was good to see Mac Jones. Good to see Fitzmagic. Good to see Deami Brown. Lot, lots, lot to be excited about with Washington, which is kind of rare. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> not as much to be excited about with the next game, <laughs> uh, which is Pittsburgh at the Eagles. Uh, I saw a lot of hype about Haskins, so I had to watch this one. Um, I still don't really get it. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I, I don't. I know that. I'm not trying to hate on him. Like if he's improving, that's great. But low bar. But. The the touchdown he threw was on a busted play. Mm-hmm. I the defense jumped off sides and he lobbed a touchdown to a guy who was all alone in the end zone. Like that's not really. I mean, like, it's good he took advantage of the opportunity. You know, that's that's good. He took advantage of a, a busted play. Great. Mm-hmm. But as far as progress goes, I still think he's pretty average. Um, I, I mean, I guess he's better than Rudolph. Yeah. Um, which is great. And I'm sure it kind of burns him to see Dwayne Haskins being better than him, uh, which makes me happy. Because <laughs> fuck that guy. Um but, yeah, so the Steelers' O-line sucks. It's really bad. It's, like, really bad. They're actually my number one worst offensive line at the moment. And I know it's the Steelers and they'll put things together, but as of right now and how it stands, their O-line is trash. And that's they're going to have a rough year, especially because Roethlisberger <laughs> kind of looked like he was starting to hit the wall, as they say. Yeah, and, like, uh, with Roethlisberger, like, I'm – I want to give him like a little bit of lenience on like last year to this year because you you'd hope that maybe like another year removed from surgery he can look a little better. Right. Yeah. Which I'm for. So like, and it's it's like that's what I've kind of heard. Like, oh, he feels like a lot more comfortable now. Another year removed, and I don't think I would expect him to be worse than last year because if he is, then they're fucked. Because like, if you put Dwayne Haskins and or Kyle Rudolph behind. Again, Mason Rudolph. Sorry, wow. Uh, if you put Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph behind that O line, 
you're gonna you're loot you lose you just lose <laughs> you lose <laughs> you have lost the game yeah like um so and so this was the other thing the eagles starting defense is really bad so the fact that haskins and rudolph both collectively through two incomplete passes <laughs> They allowed an 80% completion percentage. Fucking Josh Dobbs had one incompletion against them. So, like, don't tell me these guys are a lot better. Because that was... The Eagles' defense is not good at all. And this is going to segue into my next point, which is the Eagles, I'm going to probably pick to lose the East, as in be the worst team in the East. And Probably. The Eagles are not yeah. good. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that's my main takeaway for the Eagles. They are not good. They are, I don't yeah, have a I lot thought, of faith. The last in time I looked, I think their win total was like six and a half. Like they're definitely like a team like in a rebuild now. Yeah, I'll give them four to six wins. So I would probably take the under on that. Uh, it might have gone down uh, to the last check because there is an extra game. Yeah, that's true too. But I, I'm not changing four to six. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I guess one other takeaway is that. Unfortunately, Zach Ertz being there does hurt Scott Ertz. Mm-hmm. Ertz hurts Scott Ertz. There is just no uh, way around it. Ertz being there, well, a lot of people Still, were kind of yeah. poised for the Goddard train this year, and it's it's not there yet. It's, he's still probably worth having in fantasy because Ertz gets hurt. <laughs> God dang it. That one was unintentional. <laughs> if Ertz gets hurt... <laughs> Then Goddard immediately becomes the guy, but he's still there. He's still eating targets. Mm-hmm. Or if Goddard gets hurt, then Ertz is valuable. Like it goes both right. ways. Like it goes both ways. And it's like everything I've looked at, like as far as like Philly camp news, is that like Jalen Hurts has been using Ertz and Goddard a lot. Again, mm-hmm. they were doing this Ert jumble. <laughs> There's so many. Oh my God, Hurts, Ertz, Goddard. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then they get Burt Reynolds at the game. No. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> just right, uh, and if you get hurt, you just got to rub some dirt on it. Rub some dirt, unfurl your merch Everything's just er- hurts. <laughs> it hurts. Yeah, there's no turds here. <laughs> no turds here, Dan Campbell. <laughs> How awesome would that be if you just look over on the sideline and you see Dan Campbell and... Uh... <laughs> Burt Reynolds <laughs> sitting together on the sideline smoking cigars. <laughs> if I was the quarterback in, in that situation, I look over and see that I'd immediately be at ease. <laughs> like, we got this. Gosh, that, I feel it. That would be a hell of a duo for literally any scenario. Oh, my God. Going to Vegas? Go get Burt Reynolds and Dan Campbell. <laughs> Going to go get uh, crabs at Joe's Crab Shack? Go get... Uh, Dan Campbell and Burt Reynolds. I wonder what partying with Dan Campbell would be like. You know, I think he would probably drink as much as anyone else, but you would have no idea. Yeah, and like I think I, I, the the like initial thought is like, oh, he'd be you know like very gronkish, but I, I think he'd be able to like read the room well. Slash, like, yeah, no, I think so. Act on I think he would read the, Right, I could see him sitting down in a leather chair and sipping on some uh, like plantains or something, yeah, like full dad at the beach mode, or like right, and like you know, if if it was one of those parties that you know called for like breaking tables, he would also probably be down for that. Yeah, when the when he wins the Super Bowl, as he inevitably will, because he's Dan Campbell, mm-hmm. uh, you know that <laughs> after party, he's gonna be shotgunning beers. 
<laughs> I, yeah, like I, I bet he was a big four loco guy before like they Oof. changed him. Like based on based on what he said about like uh, like his coffee orders and shit. I, oh, I yeah. guarantee he was a four loco guy. When How much coffee did he say he drinks? They say it comes out to like a gram of caffeine. <laughs> yeah, I think he said he drinks a hundred cups of coffee a day. <laughs> yeah, whatever the thing was, like he talked about his like order, and he gets like two of these giant forty ounce like coffees with extra espresso in them or whatever. It's just like holy shit, Dan. <laughs> gotta be geared up but then he's also not that's like how he feels normal like <laughs> <laughs> if he stopped drinking caffeine like for two days he would probably have literally the worst headache ever i think he would turn into the dude <laughs> from the <big> <laughs> i'm mr Le- i'm the dude or like maybe he'd maybe he'd just like act like like mike mccarthy for a couple days while he recovers <laughs> but anyway so around. Ne- speaking of yeah next game dan campbell uh and the lions had uh buffalo come to town Oh yeah, and uh, so yeah, Devin Singletary got the work because so Zach Moss is currently uh, nursing a hamstring injury that I think I think it's been the case for a bit. They've been like taking it really slow with him in that hammy. Mm. He I think today was the first time he's participated in practice at all uh, in a while. I literally just looked at Buffalo News and today was the first time he. Uh, has participated but yeah he did participate in team drills monday mm-hmm. they're hoping he can get in against chicago next week there we go mm-hmm. um but yeah they so they use singletary a good amount he looked kind of he looked rather sharp to me he had a little bit more speed than i had previously seen out of him um so that was good to see hopefully he's mm-hmm. been taking it seriously and really working to get better because i had a lot of hope for him and a good offense perfectly designed for him he just wasn't really doing it so yeah it'd be nice to see him bounce bounce back his rookie year i was getting we were both really excited because he looked like a great fit for that offense and like a very nice like mesh with the o-line for like how they blocked and how he ran right because they're not the best run blocking unit Mm -hmm. they're definitely not they're very good at pass pro and they've got guys on the line but run blocking is not one of their strengths or at least it hasn't been yeah definitely not last year last year they just could not yeah, kind of hoping, you know, bringing everyone back and having another year of synergy that uh, maybe they improve in that area. They definitely ran the ball a lot, um, which I thought was interesting. I think they really were trying to hammer that down. <laughs> yeah, that needs to work on that for sure. <laughs> um, speaking of the running backs, though, uh, Craig Reynolds is a really fun story. Oh, yeah, we Sign. mentioned him in the, in the news. Yeah. yeah, just beating everybody he, in the huddle. Just uh, the way he kind of showed up. For the game, didn't really know the playbook, had a nice touchdown run. Um, Dan Campbell saluting him. Uh, I hope he makes the team, man. Yeah, and uh, the the O line probably definitely helped him out on his uh, his touchdown run. That O line is solid now. I have them ranked as the number eight offensive line now, which is huge for them. Yeah. Their offensive line has been not great for quite a long time, but they have guys at every single position now. Uh, with Taylor Decker on the left, he's only like 26, uh, and he's good. Got Jonah Jackson, good guard, right next to him. Frank Ragnow, good center. Mm-hmm. And then Halapulavati Vitae. We'll say Vitae. At right guard, who this is where he should be. He's uh, He's kind of been a gadget lineman uh-huh. for most of his career where tackle gets hurt, you put him in at tackle. So 
you know, he's played both, but he's stronger at guard, which is great because they can put him next to, he's the oldest at 28 as a veteran next to the rookie, Panay Sewell, mm-hmm. who's pretty good um, already. So their entire line is full of big, strong dudes that are going after kneecaps. So I am <laughs> all about the Lions O-line, which is great. That's going to be the really o, nice the for o their... Lions. There we go, baby. <laughs> Um, for that run game, we know that they're going to try to implement. Um, uh, I, I mean, it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Goff will have some time. Yeah, because that's like, that's the thing with Goff is if you protect him, he's fine. I guess, like, I don't know. I don't know if I say like good, but like he, he turns into like, I don't know about pumpkin, but. Right. You, you need to protect Jared Goff and he can execute your offense very solidly. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so that's what I think they're going to get is they're going to give him time. I personally didn't think Goff played all that poorly. I saw a lot of things that were like, oh, Goff struggles in opener. I'm like, did he really, though? I mean, he, he got, was like, playing. They didn't do, you know, not not a whole lot of attempts for him. <laughs> yeah, right. He didn't play a whole lot. He was the first guy out there, meaning if he was playing against any of the starters for the Bills, that's who would have been in on those early downs. Um, and... Even without that, the Bills have depth. They're an exceptionally well-coached and tough team. I thought he played fine, uh, yeah, no especially Hawk with the all-new offense. Right, no Hawk. No Swift. Like so, And I, I think that kind of leads into like Tyrell being de facto number one. There, there was like a little brief period of like Brashad uh, Perriman hype, but mm-hmm. we've seen Tyrell, one healthy, like be good everywhere he's been. So. Yeah, I think it's uh, reasonable to expect that he's going to see a good amount of targets this year. Uh-huh. Although I, I think like a large like, percentage, but I'm not sure how many times the Lions will throw. Um, right. <laughs> they're not going to want to throw a lot, and they're built to run the ball a bunch. Yep. So, TBD there. So, yeah, we've got Hawkinson, the run game, and then right after that, I would say, is probably Tyrell. Yeah. But uh, any other any other Bills takeaways before we move on? Uh, Jake Fromm looks solid to me. He's kind of perfect backup for Jalen. <laughs> he, he's big. Got a, his arm strength looks better. Yeah, that was deep. that was like the biggest thing. I can't remember who it was too, but I saw him uh, throw like a fairly like long pass, like you know, a, a, but what what would qualify by any like you know metric as a deep pass? And, like, because his big issue was he's like he's a big dude, but he does it like his deep ball wasn't like a great aspect like Sashi didn't have much like arm strength and a lot of that was because he just threw with his arm like he didn't have great like technique all the time to like push it downfield and I know some of the guys that talked about like Matt Ryan being one like a guy with limited arm strength like kind of learning a lot of techniques to get the ball pushed further downfield to like really improve his deep game and we've seen kind of as Matt Ryan's gotten older the deep ball you know kind of come come down some as far as like its efficiency and how solid it's been but he definitely like adapted and managed and has done like did you know matt ryan I don't, i'm not gonna say he's like a hall of famer but like he's been a perennially like really good starter for the falcons and he was an mvp one year so uh, i'm not saying that's what jake Fromm's gonna be but i'm saying like you can overcome like you don't have to have top end arm strength to be you know an nfl starter you just you know you need to find ways to adapt and improve your technique get your whole body involved and like on that throw like it looked like he got definitely more hip into it which is really what he needs to do like loosen up his stance and like 
learn to actually like twist and rotate his whole fucking body instead of just like arm <laughs> chucking it. Like he's not right. he's, you're you're not Jalen, so <laughs> you're not Jalen, man. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Trubisky is the other quarterback on the roster at the moment, but we didn't really see much of him. <laughs> yeah, he didn't really play a whole lot. No, he had like two pass attempts. Zoinks. A lot of Davis Webb. <laughs> yeah, they definitely rested starters. Oh yeah, for sure, which I expect. Right. But next up, we've got Tennessee at Atlanta, the two teams who have been kind of like in bed with each other this offseason between. Oh, yeah. So, what is it? Um, Donta Foreman is now on the Falcons. He was a Titan. And then Brian Hill of the Falcons is now a Titan. And obviously Julio Jones, now a Titan. And Arthur Smith, now with the Falcons. So, a lot of, a lot of swapping uh, there. I might, I might be missing some more, too. But um, it didn't look like the starters got much run at all this game. But what did what did you see here that you thought was uh, worth mentioning? Um, yeah, no, I agree. Especially on the Titans side, I didn't. They didn't start anyone <laughs> <laughs> at all. Uh, Falcons, they have, a, they have a good amount of like rookies and whatnot, so they had a few more of what I would assume to be starters playing. Um, the, my biggest takeaway was so I'm very curious the offense that Arthur Smith brings to the table here. So I'm kind of keeping track of how he does these preseason games in the uh, share of targets. Mm -hmm. Uh, In this game, the Falcons threw 21 times and they ran 20. So it was pretty well balanced Mm -hmm. Um, of the 17 total targets. So I'm guessing four were just like to nobody Mm -hmm. Um, of the 17, seven of them were tight ends. Uh, a couple were to the running backs. I think it's going to be a fairly balanced offense. I know that it's the first of the preseason games to watch, so I'll be looking through a few yeah. more. Literally, but... literally no one of note played for the Falcons. Exactly. I think they're, you're going to see a lot of Hurston Pitts. I think you're going to see a good amount of tight ends. Mm-hmm. And my biggest takeaway is I think Matt Ryan will have a little bit of a down year. And what I mean by that isn't a bad year. I just think it's almost... He won't Similar hit those crazy I, yardage totals. Exactly. I think he throws a little bit less this year. Um, or if he does, maybe it's only like eight times less a game. That's a little bit of a chunk. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm guessing not a whole lot of interceptions. But I don't think he'll throw any less touchdowns. I think still with Pitt, like when they're in the red zone, those tight ends and passing to them is has to be what they do if they want to score because they're big. Mm-hmm. Um I'm guessing that the touchdown total is still fine. He might, he, I think he just throws a, a little less yardage this year. Yeah, because back in 2017, his yardage was down around 4,100. But it's usually like 4,500 to right. like 4,800 range. It's like has been his norm since like 2012. So like if he hit 4,000, 4,200, that wouldn't surprise me. But I don't, I, I exactly, I'm not expecting a 48, you know, 45, 4,800 yard season from Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. Although like, because, like, with the touchdowns, like, that, we saw Arthur Smith offense be super efficient. And I imagine, like you said, Kyle Pitts and the tight ends should be a staple in the, in the red zone. So, like, I could see their, their red zone efficiency improving quite a lot because they've been historically bad in the red zone for a while. So, right. um, yeah, like maybe his touchdowns don't dip a ton because he's – so, the last two years, he's had 26 touchdowns these the last two years. I could, like, see that staying the same, but the yard is dipping. Yep. And that's pretty much my big takeaway is I think he might lose a little bit of value in fantasy, um, but not a whole lot. Because I, I agree. I think the red zone efficiency will improve for them. It, I mean, it can't really get much worse. <laughs> it can't get much worse. Mm-hmm. They've got big guys now. 
I mean, they lost. I, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, they lost Julio, but Julio was not the touchdown guy. Yeah, they they pretty much just had him like. The problem with how they used Julio near like in, like near the end zone was they always had to like they always tried to have him run like end like end zone fades, which are bad. And like <laughs> yeah, they, that was pretty much it. And that's not Matt Ryan's like strength either, so it was just it just did never work. And then they lost to the Eagles in the playoffs because that was what they tried that game. Um, but yeah, any, so anything from the Titan side you thought was worth mentioning? Um, their line is better. Um, but what's funny is their line is pretty divided. The left side of their line is pretty good, and the right side is not. <laughs> so they're the Lawan side is good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they have Lawan and Saffold on one side, and that's like solid as mm-hmm. fuck. And then you've got. Ben Jones, Nate Davis, and Ty Sembrello, Sembrello. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, the right side's not as strong. I will say their defense on paper should be markedly better. Yeah, again, Um, can't really be worse. (laughs) Can't really be worse. They've got uh, Bud Dupree now. Uh, They have Janoris Jenkins and Christian Fulton and Kevin Bayard still. So, like, you know, I don't think their defense is going to be great, but I do think it'll be a lot better than whatever the – Fuck! They showed us last year. That was hardly a defense. It was garbage. It was so atrociously bad. I still think they're going to struggle a little bit in pressure, but not as much. Yeah, yeah. That I, again, their D line still sucks. So yeah, but uh, moving on to uh, Cowboys at Cardinals. Um, so cows of cars. Yeah, I think for me. So I got to see uh, parts of this one. Uh, the the Cowboys defense. I think is probably the main takeaway for me on that side, just because we, we didn't get to see much of the offensive starters. Um, right. Their defense is not going to be light. I, I don't expect it to be top tier. I don't think you do either. But getting Dan Quinn, who, again, I, it fits in the good coordinator, maybe not someone to be a head coach again in the future, but definitely really good DC. And they've mm-hmm. added a lot of talent via free agency in the draft, and you got a whole more guys stay healthy. But... Quinn, they did, yeah. yeah Quinn, the whole and, draft was getting defensive players. Yeah, and Quinn and Micah Parsons, I feel like that's just a great pairing because uh, Micah Parsons is a lot faster than I realized. <laughs> oh, he is speedy. Yeah, I know they were they were hoping for a corner, but he he was a great great addition as well. I think Dan Quinn is probably happy they got him too. And then uh, they said if Malik Hooker can be healthy and if Van Der Esch can be healthy, that will make this unit not hot garbage. Right, so, like, their defense is definitely better. It's got... The biggest problem with the Cowboys is depth. Mm -hmm. Their O-line is back to health, and their O-line is very good when healthy. Their defense, as of right now, is fairly healthy. But the problem with the Cowboys and why I'm struggling right now, whether I want to pick them or Washington to win that division, is... (laughs) If there are any injuries to the Cowboys, O-line defense, they get like significantly worse <laughs> with each injury. They're like they do not have depth. Yeah, it's and like that's not good. So basically the Cowboys roster is basically like how I build a team when I do like an auction draft. Um <laughs> like starters super studly, bench terrible. Like <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is, personally, I think that's the optimal way to do, like, you know, an auction draft. But, yeah, that's pretty much what yeah. the Cowboys are. Um, but anything Get else you with, guys. Yeah, anything else with them before we talk about the Cardinals a bit? Uh, no, I think that's about all mm-hmm. I got from that. They didn't have a whole lot of starters out there. Yeah. 
Um, my biggest takeaway for the Cardinals is if you are in a league where you draft kickers, by the for the love of fucking God, go get Matt Prater. Matt Prater is like this year's Greg Zwerlin of like two years ago or whatever. He is going to be a fantasy goldmine. Kingsbury is so inconsistent offensively. Like they're going to have drives where they get halfway down the field in two plays and then they're going to stall out because they just did something really stupid as <laughs> yeah and, and like we know we know that cliff has been way too conservative in like the go for it situations like he will totally puss out and kick a field goal a lot and when you've got matt prater there you can have it that encourages option it because, even more <laughs> exactly it's like oh well we could pretty much for sure get three points here or potentially get zero or seven Eh, just throw out Prater. It's a close game. Um, Matt Prater is going to be fantasy gold. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, might be the best offseason move for the Cardinals because kicking kicking screwed them over so much last year. Yep. So. It, I think the other offseason move worth mentioning for them was going out in the draft and getting Zayvon Collins. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was one of my favorite linebackers in the whole draft. Uh, was and, that was that one of like the fits that we'd like pretty much like picked out? Yeah, in fact, we might have had him going to the Cardinals. That might have been what we picked as well. He is a great edge linebacker. He is fast. He was getting pressure. Uh, now you've got him and JJ Watt uh, <laughs> coming at the quarterback. And even JJ Watt's lost a step. He is still JJ Watt. Yeah, and commands a lot of focus from an offensive line. Uh, so you've got him and Chandler Jones and Zayvon Collins. And now you've also got Isaiah Simmons in his second year uh, kind of holding down the fort in that safety linebacker mm-hmm. area. Like and then you've also, right. And on top of that, in the secondary, you have Byron Murphy, Buda Baker, and uh, you know, Malcolm Butler is all right as well right now. So Cardinals defense. Cardinals defense coming up a little bit, mm-hmm. which is great because they've been really bad, really, really, really bad. Yeah, it's been a it's been a tough spot for them for a bit. So yeah, I was looking through our mock draft, and uh, yeah, at sixteen, my thought was uh, either AVT or Collins. That's like that's what I put in there, and so that that tracks. They like that type of player a lot. Oh, man, that just makes me happy. It was him, J.O.K., and Micah Parsons. Yeah, I think, and I know you really... you mentioned uh, Barmore as an option, too, if they wanted to. That's right, yeah, because yeah. they needed the, an, a nose tackle. Mm-hmm. Where did Barmore end up? He went to the Patriots. Of course. There, there oh, were course. so many defensive guys who were like going to be like latter half first round, first half second round guys. It, just, it was all just a jumble of whoever people liked more. Yeah, but watching this, I think they made the right choice. Mm. What Zayvon Collins can do for them, I think, is more optimal than what Barmore could do for them right now. Even though interior pressure, super important. Yeah, I think uh, they're kind of setting up, uh, like, thinking about, like, okay, the division, like, you got the Rams and the Niners, who, they like, the Rams have ran a lot, and they probably will still run a fair amount just because of the, uh, like, scheme that McVay runs. And then mm-hmm. you've got, like, them doing a lot, a lot over the middle, and then with uh, the Niners, like, they do and will run a bunch. And then with Seattle, you, okay, you, that one's a little, that one's a lot different. Seattle's way different than the Rams and uh, Niners are. But this, this definitely seems like like a setup to be able to stop the Niners better. Oh, absolutely. I, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was the 
takeaway that I forgot to mention. Um, Cardinals defense is going to be kind of like the opposite of like what you know as the Steelers defense. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're not going to like beat you up and take your lunch money, but they're going to be really fast and opportunistic. Yeah, and that's uh, – I remember, I think, oddly enough, Carolina's defense had like a lot of like turnovers last year. Mm. But like I think they were like – I think it might have been like fumbles they were high up in or something, like, like fumble recoveries. I'll have to check, mm. but um, they uh, yeah, they were terrible. But like, they were opportunistic. Like that, that might be like you said, the Cardinals this year. Maybe not amazing yet, but they they have the personnel, and like they will also put teams behind too. Yeah. So that that helps out. I'm excited. I'm excited to see Prater just taking it. He's going to be the leading scorer. Man. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, these Cardinals receivers that are not Hopkins, uh, Rondale Moore looked quick. I'm ready. I think I'm ready to walk back some of my Rondale Moore, not like hate, but I pretty much said he's a worse Elijah Moore. I think they're seeing a little more like him against NFL talent. He is because like he had he was fast like that was not for right. debate, but how that speed could translate on an NFL field. That'll, that's always a different monster. And he looked like it, it looked like it translated. He looked fun. They used him like they had a run. They gave him a like run up of catch opportunities. So I think he's a very nice, uh, I don't know, it's like wrinkle, but he's, he's basically the guy that will like make the defense, like have to like keep someone back or like, like basically like a defense can't pin their ears back against the Cardinals now for one Kyler Murray will run around two you have to account for Rondell Moore being absolutely absurdly fast as fuck so yep it's true he looked pretty good I, so the thing with Rondell Moore is he looked really good and then he he was injured mm-hmm. um so his draft stock fell and it was kind of a question of is he gonna be able to get back up to speed yeah will he be the same um because the I think there were concerns in that regard. Um, so, but I thought he looked very good. Yeah. I still stand by Elijah Moore being better, like a better receiver, but Rondale Moore's like his skill set is unique in a way that like he is like he's very like the the, the nicknames I've seen from him are hilarious because he's like he's he's like what, like five eight or something? He's not super big, maybe five eight, five ten. But he's like thick. Yes, he's uh, six hundred pounds. He is five seven and can bench or sorry squat six hundred pounds. Yeah, he is, is what like they were saying. Yeah, he is very stout. Thick. That is nuts. He's got some thighs. Yeah, so that that tracks why he's so fast. When you're like, it's always fun watching like someone of like it's like so. There's tall runners and short runners, and short runners are always more fun to watch because they look like they're faster. Yeah, they just kind of skiddly be bop yeah. around the field. Scurry. <laughs> Scurry. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we got to see uh, some Christian Kirk as well. Um, though, he I think looked, He looked very good. Yeah, I think those two will be... So, like, okay. So, like, they've got Hawkins, of course. They've also got AJ Green, which I'm very curious, <laughs> like, what happens with that. But I feel like to, I feel like what will happen is it'll start as Kirk and more, like, kind of rotating. And then they'll just be like, wait... And then, like, if AJ Green is like done, then it'll just be Kirk and more with Hopkins. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I really have no idea what's going to happen with Green. Is mm-hmm. like, can he come back to form? As like, is he just toast? Yeah. What's going on? How much was he just tired of being in Cincy? Like, there's a lot. Right. To it. There's a lot to <laughs> it. 
Um, but he, Kyler will have more time to throw. Rodney Hudson has immediately yep. made the Cardinals O-line better. He yeah, he's good. It's, it'd be nice to have him yep. on a team I would root for, huh? Yeah, that'd be nice. If only. Sorry, man. If only. It happens. It's okay. But We will be rooting, though, for Tua this year. Yes, uh, we did get to see... Uh, I, I watched pretty much the time that Tua was in before I had to uh, had to bail, but he looked sharp. Um, he did have a pick, like, pretty much at the end of his, his stint. Um... I would say before we started, I think it was probably like 65-35 to a Shaheen on the fault there. It was too aggressive, although it's preseason. That's the time to like test it. But Shaheen definitely probably could have come back more at it, like and attacked it. Like I think if that's Gasecki, that's not a pick. Maybe mm-hmm. not a completion, but not a pick. Um, right. But I said, however you feel about that, like I mean, I said picks aren't good, but everything else he looked amazing. Like super on point like very like just pinpoint accuracy with everything else loves his tight ends he and Gasecki, like those two are such a good pair like he loves his tight ends and Gasecki for sure like every oh, yeah. every time two with the Gasecki, it's just like Mwah! like chef's kiss you know like that mm. kind of but I'm, I'm very excited like i said they don't have fuller the first game and uh i don't think we got we, we didn't see much waddle action this game he did return a kick i believe and he didn't like house it, but he definitely like kind of broke through that first initial wave where you're like, oh man, like he could house it. So, oh yeah, he is dangerous. Uh, but the problem with the Dolphins is that uh, th- their O line is not good, and predominantly, I believe the uh, the run blocking is. Uh, man, watching <laughs> them try to run block was like it was shameful. Like <laughs> it was bad. Oh my god, and they tried it a lot. <laughs> yeah it just didn't work they just couldn't run block and like that was the case last year i'm mean, like okay maybe it's like you know the personnel but no they just they just can't they just could not run block um we saw a lot of malcolm brown this game um kind of curious like okay how much of that was him actually gonna get playing time this year how much was they want to not use miles gasket ton to start away but uh today flores kind of came out and said they're gonna use like a three-back committee i guess but um with Ahmed? Uh, I think so, but it's going to be gross regardless. And um, so this makes me feel two ways about my Malcolm Brown calls all offseason. Uh, one, I feel good about it because, like, they're clearly going to use him. But on the other hand, I feel bad about it because the line cannot run block. So Yeah, he was nine carries for eight yards. Mm-hmm. But, it's preseason, but, I mean, he got nine carries, so that's good. Eight yards though, that run blocking. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> it was it was atrocious, man. But uh I, j- I feel like I just have to take this opportunity to bring up a point I've already made. I just feel like repeating it. If you are going to dog the Bengals for taking Jamar Chase over Panay Sewell, please also direct your shit to the Dolphins. Because <laughs> they did the exact same thing, taking Waddle over Sewell. And the, the Dolphins, Dolphins line is more. worse. Yeah. <laughs> the Dolphins have more like they, reason to take him. They might have, I think they, have, they are my second worst offensive line. Them and the Steelers are my bottom two. Their O-line is not good. They have one guy who's a second-year Austin Jackson who was hurt last year. And the rest is banana balls. <laughs> Which, if you're not aware, banana balls are not good. No, yeah, they go brown really fast. <laughs> and then they're just like, they're all gross. And you're like, eh. And it's not it's not banana bread either. It's just banana balls. So. 
No, yeah, banana bread, that's good. Dude, uh, you want I banana can, bread. Hey, I would fuck up some banana bread right now. Um, that sounds amazing. Just ruin all the audio of the podcast, too, if I had some. <laughs> um, but bear side, I, so I got to see a little bit of Fields after the fact. Like, I went back and watched, like, as much as I could find of him. But it sounds like you got to see a good chunk of it. Uh, what, what, did you, what did you think of his performance? Uh, Fields is good. Yeah, <laughs> he's good. Everything I saw was really good. Ah, uh, yeah. He can, he can scoot. Like, his touchdown run was very nice. Yeah. He can scoot. He let it come back. I know it was preseason, but that's got to feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they, they signed Dalton, but they, I'm sure they didn't think that Fields was actually going to be able to fall to them. Thank you, Denver, for whatever idiocy you decided to run with. Again, if they, um, if they don't get Rodgers next year, then they <laughs> fucked up forever, and everyone who's a part of that should be gone. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, if you have Fields and Dynasty, you're a happy man. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's gonna be good. I I really like Justin Fields. I think uh, Cole Komet and him are gonna get along very well. Mm-hmm. Um, Cole Komet looked pretty big out there. He looked good. Yeah, I'm uh, excited for his second year. I think you're on the same page with that because like they yep. started getting him a lot more involved like near the end of last year and. It could be a nice little jump for him this year because, again, after A Rob, it's like who? Yeah, I mean Jimmy Graham's still there, but he is just getting—he's just aging, yeah, and very rapidly. And like people are excited about Mooney, but like they—they spent a lot more capital on Komet. I think they want—they do want to get him involved for sure. Yep. Um, the funny thing is the Bears, <laughs> their their O line is better, but it is not really cohesive yet they had a billion penalties and they still won so like you know kudos uh but they gotta get that shit and tightened up um i don't know discipline them naggy be a coach go uh, go judge <laughs> go judge, judge on them right yeah um as it stands i'd probably give them as like an average o line but as long as it's better than it has been like i want fields out there give Fields some time yeah, please i think they can be a competitive team please go with justin fields matt naggy <laughs> please please i mean you got dalton that's cool make him your backup cool. remember 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 matt flynn and russell wilson <laughs> remember yeah i feel like that i feel like that applies to this and the niners that we'll get to uh in a little bit but first you gotta talk about your jets the jets hey they look like a football team <laughs> not the um, football team but no a <laughs> They did look like a football team, which was nice. That was a nice little change of pace for me. Um, <laughs> what I really liked was I saw uh, Sala. So he was formerly a quality control coach. He was on the sideline managing a lot of substitutions and whatnot. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's something every coach does, but he was basically like the guy saying, you know, you get in there for this and mm-hmm. for that, which I thought was really cool because even though he's not calling the defensive plays, He's definitely still Part involved yeah. in who is going to be out there, um, which I think is really important because he can he has a good eye for like what's going on and what guys he needs in there for certain situations. Um, so I really like to see that. That was cool. Uh, their O line way better, mm-hmm. way better. I actually have them breaching. The there now I have them as the 16th offensive line, which nice. might even be low, but I'm Top trying half. to be partial here. Yeah, um, Joey D said he was going to build a wall. Build a wall. He has. They got what Mackay Becton, mm-hmm. Elijah Vera Tucker, Connor McGovern, uh, George Fan, and Morgan Moses. 
Like they've got a uh, they've got some guys there, and they're big. Um, and it's important because they're going to run. They do have that somewhat Shanny esque scheme. They want to have strong run blocking. That mm-hmm. needs to be the name of the game: is run blocking and providing unique um, blocks there, so your running backs can move the ball downfield. And I thought that they were doing that pretty well. Uh, Wilson looked solid. He looked good. Uh, yeah, I had no complaints. There was, was a. Great. I did see. I can't remember who it was too, but he had like one throw down the field that like was pretty nice. Yeah, he had he had some good ones. I'm. Trying not to overhype, but uh, Wilson looked pretty solid. He did look Corey Davis's way a lot, which was nice to see. Unfortunately, no uh, Elijah Moore, but hopefully we'll get a preview yeah, of him next week. He was dealing week. with something like with his quad, I think it was. Yeah. Or something upper but leg. He avoided a serious either, right? injury, but it was yeah. something quad-related, yeah. Which is, yeah. Um, I also thought Mims looked really good. He Unfortunately, I kind of want him to get traded I don't really yeah. think he fits as well. He's so but good. But he did look good with the opportunities he had. It was usually to, like, the backup quarterbacks when he was in there. But, yeah, so I would love for, like, literally the Falcons to go get him. Yeah, no, that would be great. Yeah, that would that would be a pretty – I think there are a couple teams that would really benefit from a Mims, and the Falcons are one of them. Absolutely. Yeah. We saw – we got to see a little bit of Michael Carter. Um, You know, his yards per carry was low this game, but, I mean, it's – in preseason game so it sounds like there's like randomly people like kind of like coming back a bit on michael carter for like no reason off of this game yeah no i um i think that they're keeping his workload light he's not a starter yet Mm -hmm. he wasn't really drafted to be an immediate starter and he's kind of working his way in there yeah and Um, like if i'm yeah if i'm the jets too like i know that michael carter can run outside and like right. catch, catch passes, like I want to, you know, test his development running up the middle. So, and like going and running like basically NFL runs, I guess, because right. like you're not doing a bunch of like pitches and stuff all the time in the NFL. You do some, but there's a lot more up the middle, off tackle that I assume they wanted to, you know, give him test experience with. Him. Yeah. The other guy is uh, Ty Johnson, and I, it's yeah. actually kind of interesting. I always kind of wrote him off, but I have to remember that he joined the Jets with Adam Gase, and it's possible they were misusing him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say possible, I say likely. <laughs> so he's definitely a guy that might be part of that rotation, and now I kind of expect him to be. Did, I thought it, didn't he have a big game at some point last year? I think he did, but yeah, like the, when everyone was hurt at one point. Yeah, that was a thing. Uh, the last standout I do want to mention is, uh, well, the Jets are going to be really strong in the trenches. Their D-line was just destroying the Giants' mm-hmm. O-line. Um, and their punter is awesome, Braden Mann. Love him. He's <laughs> fully root for him. He is a really good punter. He buried the Giants with field position, the like, the entirety of the mm-hmm. game. And it was, like, I'm sure Belichick was watching and just, like, nutting the whole time. <laughs> I'm here for it. Yeah, so uh, Ty Johnson did last year against, of course, the Raiders uh, have uh, that, like, 100-yard and a touchdown game. Nice. Yeah, I think Ty Johnson might be a little undervalued or even completely off the radar and maybe shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And I, if I was going to say Michael Carter's value dropped a bit, I think it's because of him. I'm not really worried about P. Ryan. Yeah. It's mostly just you're going to have Tevin Coleman, 
And you're going to have Ty Johnson and Michael Carter, and that's kind of your three. Yeah, I'm curious, like, what Coleman's role is going to be, because I don't expect him to play in the preseason much slash at all, but... Yeah. No, I would expect he won't. He's old, they need to keep him healthy. Yeah, but... The, and then the Giants' side, they didn't really play anyone of note. Yeah, all of their offense was not playing, mm-hmm. so... All I'm going to say is they're probably going to throw a lot with Jones this year. Um, That's just sort of a prediction. It's not really based off of much, but I kind of think, you know, getting Kenny, yeah, getting Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Toney, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, Darius Slayton, Kyle Rudolph, like they have a lot of receiving options. Like they should be throwing a good amount. Daniel Jones might be a fantasy relevant quarterback this year. I think he will be because with the improved talent around him and his ability to run, and hopefully more improvement from year two to year three. <laughs> that you know, like I think a lot of it is gonna probably hinge on Galladay's hammy. Like, yeah, it, it, I, I need to check up on like what his you know sitch is at the moment. But like that, that's been something that has bothered him like throughout his career. And so, I know. yeah, looking for like anything on him, but I'm not seeing any updates lately. Uh, come on, Kenny, be okay. Be okay, Kenny. Yeah. I did he see... He didn't run. There we go. I did see he, uh, yeah. Kadarius Tony is undisclosed injury. I'm not sure what it is, but just more more bummer for him this offseason. He was held out after aggravating something near the tail end of the week with no details. <laughs> aggravating my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, he's had such, like, shit luck to start this offseason. It's been a bummer. <laughs> and, like, everyone who, like, thought he was going to be a bust is, like, picture laughing. He's like, no, there's no- we've seen nothing to call him a bust. He's just gotten some real shit luck to start. Between, yeah. like, injury, COVID, contract taking a bit, like, family emergency. Yeah. So, for the the rest of the games, we're going to kind of, I don't know if I'll say quick hit, but just kind of sort of go back game by game and talk about things we got to go back afterwards and look at because the, the rest of these games we didn't get to see kind of uh, in their entirety. So... For the uh, Broncos, uh, the Broncos-Vikings game. Uh, so Drew Locke didn't suck. Um, <laughs> woo, he uh, Most of his production came on like a deep uh, bomb to uh, Hamler, which a lot of it was in the air. It was like perfect deep ball, and then Hamler's fast. Of course, caught it, outran everybody. Um, it's always good to see. And then Javante Williams. Uh, so he had a touchdown run like call back on like a receiver holding penalty, which again, Hope like the holding probably played a part, but he like that was one of those runs that like we saw from Javante on like his college tape that made us love him. The very like right. wrecking ball, bowling ball S. <laughs> um our our kind of discussion pre recording was like a uh if Michael Turner were like more powerful and like a little slower, like without that like full end top gear, that's basically Javante Williams. Yeah. He's a bowling ball. Yeah. whatever like so like we're not bowling experts, what whatever makes a bowling ball like faster, you know. <laughs> <laughs> which I decided like who was the heavier bowling ball but right and then Minnesota didn't really play in what of note we got a little bit of Kellen Mond time but I'll admit I did not get to uh watch his uh his play time the Vikings rested a lot of people yeah. so it was a pretty bad game like to watch them they got killed and they didn't really start anybody they're Amir Abdullah and AJ Rose were the were the running backs and like <laughs> there were no yeah. receivers That's of all you note. Need to do. Yeah, um, I will like say, literally not one. Yeah, for the uh, Broncos, I think they said they're gonna they get they're giving Drew Lock to start this week, then Teddy to start next week. Um, uh-huh. 
I think it seems like the plan is to start the season with Drew Locke. Um, because, one, they want him to work out. And two, it's a lot easier to, I think, go from Locke to Teddy than Teddy to Locke, like, as far as, like, the appearance of it. Yes. Because, okay, oh, Locke's our young guy. We want it to work out. This is that. And then, like, you know, if you go from Teddy to Locke, it's like, okay, well, we know, like, you didn't play Locke anyway, so it's going to suck regardless. Like, Exactly. No, they have to start with Locke. Yeah, I think... And then if it's it's not working, then you put in Bridgewater. Yeah, if they start with Teddy, I think Teddy will be the guy as long as he's healthy. Um, One thing with the Broncos, um, I did want to touch on real quick. Um, So it sounds like Royce Freeman will probably not make the final cut. Um, Really? I'm not positive, but if he does not... um, Because... So it's it's Javante... Melvo, Mike Boone are probably the. It seems like to be the clear top three. Um, if Freeman doesn't make the cut, I, I expect a lot of teams to probably look at him because his like his issue was sort of like what what one again didn't fully play up to what everyone expected. But two, like a lot of issues within him and the Broncos just like not meshing well too. Like yeah, so I would expect the team to like maybe take an eye like yo. <clears throat> go at him like maybe a very running back try team i could see like the rams the falcons like someone maybe like signing him if he gets cut oh yeah definitely but i think both of those mm-hmm. then uh next up we had jags and browns um browns i don't really think started anyone uh of note no yeah donovan people's jones got sabron he has looked good and been hyped so he's someone like he's like the so honestly, like after Odell and Jarvis, there's like it's very wide open. So he could easily be receiver three. Yeah, it kind of sounds like it's going that way. He's had a lot of camp hype, mm-hmm. and he looked really good at the end of last year too, right? Like I think he had like a couple big games to close out the year. Mm-hmm. So could be interesting. He had a lot of physical tools, and he was at Michigan with terrible quarterback play, as is want to happen at Michigan. Um, <laughs> so. We, we see. I think we're, we're going to see a lot of that, like guys who have tools but bad quarterback play. Was it uh, Nico Collins at Michigan? Yes. Yeah. So again, quarterback play holding that production. Josh Palmer kind of fits in there. We'll get to him, but yeah, they didn't really. Browns didn't really play many guys worth noting uh, on the Jaguar side. Um, Trevor Lawrence <laughs> started off his day with his trip sack, which is <laughs> I kind of not funny, but you know, like welcome to the NFL, buddy. Yeah. But for me, the big takeaway was he really seemed to trust Marvin Jones, which is kind of what we heard. Yeah, and predicted. <laughs> yeah. Because Marvin Jones is excellent. Yeah. Reliable. Uh-huh. Great hands. Yeah. Yes. We love we love Marvin Jones here. We do. Friend of the podcast. Yes. <laughs> Friend, of Mar- <laughs> Friend of the part Mar- Marvin Jones. Yeah. We'll get him on one day eventually. There we go. But again, they didn't really, they didn't really give us a whole lot to look at. Um I expect Trevor Lawrence to be fine. Obviously, to lay down. that's like a. <laughs> I think yeah. the, I think the main thing with the Jags to keep an eye on is DJ Chark. Uh, I don't think he's like been doing anything yet because uh, he had surgery on one of his one of his digits on his hand. I don't remember which one. Yeah. Um, one of his fingies. Yeah. They said they said he's expected for week one, but like he's pretty much not doing anything until then. So, <laughs> like I'm I'm kind of staying away in drafts with him, unless I get a huge yeah. value. I'm like, yeah, I'm a little worried there. 
it might it's just you don't want to start the year off like that yeah like someone like just coming off of injury and then also like missing all this time with the rookie quarterback and you could get marvin jones way later in the draft Uh uh-huh most or likely, like, if like you wanna, a few rounds. <laughs> if you want to get one early, you can get LaVisca, like, or just take mm-hmm. ETN, who was going to be a receiver and a running back, apparently. Um, right. No, as I saw, like, Urban was, like, posturing that, like, it's still an open competition, but that's hilarious. Um, it's Trevor. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> with, uh, see, I, I think that's all from that game. Next up, we had Saints-Ravens, and Ravens didn't uh, play anybody, really. Um <laughs> And then on, on the Saints, though, uh, Marcus Callaway looked solid. He'd been getting a lot of camp hype as well. And then I think Winston connected with uh, little Jordan Humphrey. Again, great name uh, for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. But whoever the Saints play is going to throw is gonna be a turnover machine. Um, <laughs> whether it's Winston or Hill. Um, Ian Book looked decent. Uh, but again, rookie. So, again, the Saints might be a team we target our defense like with not because like they're gonna be like trash like they may have good games and everything but like when you have Winston and Taysom as the quarterback possibilities there are turnovers to be had and that's what gives your fancy defense points yeah so like (laughs) keep that in mind if you've got an opportunity to defense against the Saints you might want to see if you can get some picks out of them oh yeah like Cardinals dude Cardinals Saints Mm -hmm. like it's like Week one, they play the Packers, and so, like, the Packers defense is, like, their pass defense is fine. Their run defense is where it's garbage, but, like, I'm really curious Jair how that's going to go. Yeah, like, well, I, that's going to be a really fun week one discussion is how do the Saints approach this game? Because if they do it properly, it should stay close, but if the Packers get ahead on the Saints that game, it's going to be ugly fast. Ooh. So, anyway, next up, we've got uh, Bengals at Bucks. Very little to take from this game. Um, yeah, this one might be one of the worst. Yeah, I think pretty much the only thing I want to mention is um, it very much seems like Chris Evans is going to have a role, probably. Um, mm-hmm. I imagine if Mixon goes down, it is a combo of P. Ryan and Chris Evans, with Chris Evans being you know the third down cat- pass-catching guy, Samaji being the, the uh, battering ram. Yeah. I mean, Chris Evans is like, what, he's 5'11", 220 almost, so he's got some heft, mm-hmm. but he's definitely the receiving back, and he was someone to target late in uh, sort of rookie drafts, I mm-hmm. think. And then, <laughs> we saw Keyshawn finally the Bucks and carries, that just made me chuckle, because that was what, I think he was one of the guys where he vaulted up because of draft spot, but was it worth it <laughs> at all? Yeah. Like, he was like a like late first round rookie pick in our in our dynasty league i think and yeah this has not gone well at all they've got just so many guys yeah that team is just loaded it's it's tough to like you know break into that roster at the moment like the fact they got giovanni bernard doesn't bode well for Keyshawn Vaughn. oh no yeah that, that, they're literally saying hey we want a guy who can actually do this role properly <laughs> And then uh, Texans Green Bay. Um, Jordan Love got his debut. So, because uh, I know you were kind of wanting to talk about that, I think, right? Yeah, I was watching that one. So his stat line is really good. He looked, uh, I mean, here's the thing. He looked solid. He was making throws. He was throwing to receivers, like, in good windows and in stride. Like, he did all that stuff really well. 
the problem is that he was playing the Texans. <laughs> and the Texans' defense is one of the worst in the league. The pressure on him, they were rushing guys at him. The O-line couldn't just stand there, but all Jordan Love really had to do was move up in the pocket, and he was fine every single time. Mm-hmm. And there was no one in his face, and his receivers were pretty wide open. So, like, throws were good, but it was it's kind of tough to evaluate how he actually did because that was not a real game scenario to, in a lot of in a lot of ways. Yeah. So again, like, and the thing with him was just once stuff broke down, his decision making versus like you know he's talented. That's 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 not really something I'm going to try to debate. All like he's very talented. He's got all the, all the tools, as they say. But mm-hmm. yeah, looked good in this situation where he was not under pressure. So that's I mean that's a good start at least. That's. Right. It, he wasn't bad, so like that's obviously, you know, <laughs> ideal. And then uh, the rest of the team, fun, so Funches is the one who opted out last year. We kind of, like, joked about it with him. But every every offseason report has been that he looks like he belongs there, like he should be a guy who gets playing time. And I think that kind of got corroborated this game a bit, um, especially with the receiving group they have. Like, after Devontae, pretty wide open. Um, I know they brought in <laughs> Cobb and drafted uh, – Amari Rogers, but like, still, there's not anyone who you want to say, oh wow, a clear, obvious second best guy, right? And then we got a fair amount of uh, Kylan Hill. Um, obviously, he got that like a uh, receiving touchdown. Um, a lot of rushes that didn't go anywhere though. So, but again, I think that's with Kylan Hill. That wasn't really like his role. He was kind of expected to be like not scat back, but I don't think anyone really uh, pinned him as a power back and then, right uh doesn't really matter much while tanyan's there i guess but sternberger got a big chunk gain mary mccheese always got to mention mary mccheese when we can mary mccheese mm-hmm. the sternberger yeah but next up the, the one i've been waiting for uh so trey lance trey lance i think he's gonna start week one um again i think i mentioned this last time but everything that uh shandy's been saying has like inched a little closer towards like Lance oh, like they're like like throughout it like in the offseason they, they let the smoke screen happen or whatever like we know Shannon handled just bullshit the whole time like he plays yeah, the he'll, game he'll lean sense. into it yeah he'll, he doesn't he won't tell the truth and so like <laughs> the most recent one is uh so Trey Lance will be getting will begin seeing more first team reps when it feels right according to coach Shanahan I haven't really defined that for myself either Shanahan said when he seems ready when I think the team seems ready. So, like, it's just kind of, like, edge <laughs> forward a little bit. Um, yeah, it's... <laughs> They're just teasing us. Yeah, like, everything has got to inch more and more towards Lance. Like, uh, last Friday, like, 10 days ago, they said he'll play situationally, and Lance didn't... Or, sorry, Shanahan didn't say Lance would start. Like, it's going to be him sooner than later. So, his day was up and down. Um, he had that bomb to um, Trent Sherfield, and like everyone was saying, it was like busted coverage. No, it wasn't busted coverage. They were like close enough by. It was just a good route that you know he got <laughs> enough separation on, and then Lance put it perfectly because that's his D ball is beautiful. We talked about that a bunch, and um, he had like I think there were like three drops, maybe four drops, and then there were also like a couple balls up. should have been picked, probably like one or two that definitely could have been picked. Um, mm. And then I think he had a fumble as well, if I recall. 
Yeah. Again, we saw like a lot of like what we were kind of hoping to see as far as the promise, and we got that nice deep ball. Yeah, and then of course, you know, they're back as it sounds like, so <laughs> this is kind of funny to watch come like uh full circle is um Josh Rosen. So he's on the Niners right now, and it sounds <laughs> like he like might not make the final roster or TBD. Jeez. Yeah, he's so he's the QB three, but seriously, if they carry third quarterback or not. But yeah, the Aaron, yeah. So that's one where like I we haven't talked about him in a while, but it's just like wow, man, that went so horribly. It just never really panned out, huh? Yeah, that like he's a, just been colossal bust, man. <laughs> These other guys all made mistakes not drafting me. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there are people like that was one of the things where like Rosen was like. A lot of, like, for the most part, like, people thought he was going to be good. The echo chamber all offseason was reiterating that he was the most NFL-ready quarterback. Yeah, and, like, I liked him a lot, too. Like, I thought he was going to be good, and I didn't think that, like, not, like, the character concerns type, but, like, sort of that. Like, there was also, like, the off-field things that, like, came up about him, and I kind of ignored. But, yeah, he's, no. Yeah, he was, he's been a bust. And Yep. <laughs> yeah. So... That draft class has gone pretty much the inverse of how people uh, picked yeah. it to go. With <laughs> that one's been so weird. Baker's been like solid, fine, like, and then uh, like Lamar has been really good. Jalen, right. Jalen looked like a a meh until last year. Yeah, and then last year he went super, super Jalen. Yeah, he went yeah super Saiyan Jalen. He he broke every table. It's over nine thousand. Yeah. And then I guess we'll see this year with Darnold, but yeah, we'll see. But he's looking like another one. Yeah, but like Ro- it looks like Rosen's the first, the first one done from that group. Right, he's the first one voted off the island. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> and then uh, Kansas City didn't really play anyone. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why would Cl- Clyde got a couple of looks. That's about it. <clears throat> um. One of our one of our uh, favorites uh, from I can't remember what year it was. Anthony Gordon. Uh, he was one of those guys who like very deep into a quarterback class. I was like, keep an eye on him. Yeah, he's on the Chiefs right now. Again, not sure if he'll make the roster. He might be a practice squad guy, TBD. But I just it's just fun to see someone that you like you know didn't expect to do much, but like yeah, okay, he's on a roster. Cool. On the was Chiefs, he Mister Irrelevant? Uh, I don't know. He if was, he was even drafted. I, he, was he even drafted? I'm not sure. I feel like he might have been like the like literally the last pick. He uh so he went to Washington State. I think he was in the that Mike Mike, Mike Leach if offensive I recall. But yeah. I remember uh, I was looking at him and you're like I'm not watch this guy and then like I was like okay here's like here like watch this blah 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 and you're like wait his like he has like a nice like throw it looks pretty yeah but um he was undrafted undrafted so yeah. Hey. Nice to see him. Yeah, you know, I don't expect you know, anything to happen, but fun, fun, fun little thing for us here. Um, <laughs> but next up, we have uh, the Chargers to talk about at the Rams. On the Rams side, I don't think there's much to go through. Um, no, no, not really. Just uh, we got we got some Jacob Harris action, who's kind of got a little hype, and then the running back position, I think, is one to I guess talk about. Daryl Henderson didn't play. He's the number one. But they've talked a lot about not overusing him and getting Xavier Jones involved. And then uh-huh. I think they're also in the running to add someone at some point, whether it be now or after week one or whatever. So 
I'm kind of on avoid mode with that backfield at the moment. Yeah, I'm not really sure how it's going to pan out. I uh, Hey, they should probably get Royce Freeman. Just yeah, so. I think he could be a nice uh, addition to that backfield if he becomes available. But speaking of backfields, the Chargers backfield, we got to see a lot of Larry Roundtree. Um, they're pretty much trying to figure out what to do behind Austin Eckler. I've seen a lot of like mixed stuff, but most recently what I've seen is that uh, Josh Jackson's the number two. Like I've seen things. Oh, that, ju- uh, Justin. I'm sorry. Yeah, Justin Jackson. Sorry. There's Josh Kelly and Justin Jackson. A lot of. Well, there's also a Josh Jackson, isn't there? Is there? Josh, there is a Josh Johnson. Anyway, so Justin Jackson. <laughs> sorry, is uh, apparently by reports the clear number two. Um, yeah, that's what I just saw recently too. However. He, he and Larry Roundtree are, like, so Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson are, like, way different backs. And Larry Roundtree's, like, somewhere in between them, I think. Um, mm-hmm. He looked good. Um, there he was, did. Yeah, there was that one kind of, like, chunk gain where he put, like, a move on someone in the open field. And my comp for him at the moment is, is honestly James Robinson, hilariously. Very, <laughs> like, one-speed guy, which isn't, like, a bad thing. It's just, like, always going, like, always hard-charging. Um pretty good vision like makes like will make good moves isn't gonna like break ankles but like he can you know fuck you like, like he can he can fuck you over in the open field either via smash or dash so he's just like gunning for the end zone every time and if there's someone in front of you he'll make one move to throw you off and if not he's gonna try to run through you yeah i will like he doesn't overly dance or anything you know mm, i will be zero percent surprised if he ends up being like the goal line guy like he's gonna he's gonna cut austin eckler so many times that's a good point like <laughs> like i'm not saying he'll like lead the running backs and touchdowns but like he may end up being just their most effective goal line back so tbd and then we saw a lot of josh palmer he got peppered with targets um yeah, I for some did. reason can find very little footage from that game so but i saw a little bit he was just yeah I mean, he was kind of the, um, like, reliable one. Mm-hmm. Like, if they needed five yards, you'd throw it to him, he would get you five yards. Yeah. He's a lot bigger than we realized. <laughs> I did not realize. He is. did not I realize how he large was he was. A little, uh, little scrawnier. He is 6'1", 210, and he's got some, he's pretty thick. Yeah, he, uh, <clears throat> so they've, I think, I think on the depth chart, he's technically, right behind uh mike williams which i think is kind of interesting because so at the at the moment um mike williams i think is dealing with like a hip flexor thing which is annoying but if it's not super severe that's something that shouldn't be a huge hindrance to him but mike williams is off off the field um (laughs) he the way he plays which is that he just fucking goes for like full balls to the walls every time and we love, I, you know, love it. But sometimes it doesn't always go well. Um, so the, the way their depth chart is right now is weird. But I expect Josh Palmer to be, like, in that mix after those two. It's Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. And then there's, like, Jalen Guyton. There is uh, Tyron Johnson. You know, then, you know, we got Josh Palmer there. There's, like, a big jumble after, depending on what you need from them. And one of the headlines of the like, offseason has been like, oh, Mike Williams is going to be in that Michael Thomas role. But, like, I could see uh, Josh Palmer. Okay, yeah. So the, the ESPN one has him right behind Mike Williams. So that I think tracks. Like, if, mm-hmm. I think if Mike Williams were to go down, Palmer could fill that role kind of nicely. 
and yeah. I think profiles closer to Mike Thomas than Mike Williams does. But yeah, so stonk up for the Chargers rookies, and then that's right. Keep an eye on Donald Parham. He was someone who was relevant a little bit last year, I think, but he was an XFL guy. He was like one of the stars of the XFL. And so Jared Cook is there right now, but if he either goes down or retires soon, he might even retire next year. Who knows? Uh, Parham's the next guy up at tight end. So he is an athletic freak, and he's looked solid when he's gotten the chance. So like I know they've got McKitty there, but Parham is like pure receiver. He is very akin to Jared Cook and like, receiving tight end Trey McKitty I think is like a, a very much like hybrid guy who can catch and block um not full Tommy Tremble but you know but he, he was their third round draft pick this year so I think he will see the field and like situations but Par- Parham is like the backup for you for fantasy that you want to keep an eye on I think and then uh we have the Colts and uh, the Col- yeah the Colts and the uh, Panthers are the last game we got so Eason looked good except the fact that he's not athletic enough, like he's not fast enough. I wish he were like more mobile. He had like a really nice deeper pass to Paris Campbell, and like I think they'd be fine rolling him out if once had to miss like the first couple games of the year. But, yeah, like Eason's not someone I would want behind a bad O line. Which thankfully the Colts have a good O line, so it's not something that they have to worry about at the moment. But uh, like he had like a like a, like a strip sack where like he either needed to be faster or get the ball out sooner. Like when he has to like do something with pressure, it isn't always going to end greatly. Um, <laughs> so that's that's the, the, the big downside of them. I know like with like because once this thing is like avoiding pressure and like supermaning it and shit, and that's what's sort of gotten him, you know, hurt in this spot he's in now. But um, him and Wentz are pretty different quarterbacks, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. Eason is very. I think Statue West is, is the way a lot of people would put it, and that's pretty accurate. If he can, <laughs> if he can get a little better at one, getting it out quicker, and two, I think I think having you know your full offensive gamut there will help a lot with that. And then two, if he can get some better pocket movement, you don't like Tom Brady's example. I love using for this. Tom Brady is great at moving in the pocket, but he's not like mobile. He's not like Tom Brady's not a super athlete, like in terms of like the measurables that we look at. Um, and he he just has great pocket management, great pocket awareness, um, and like you you can if you have that trait, you don't have to be super athlete. But Easton unfortunately doesn't have that trait, and he's not super athlete, so he's got, <laughs> he's got to figure something else out. But I do think they they can be fine rolling him out if once has to miss a game or two. I think if if once is not a hundred percent, hundred twenty percent ready, you roll Easton out to start. But yeah, pretty much the valuation we had of him like. Doesn't move, but good. <laughs> He's good. He just he can't move. Yeah. And then the opposite is the next guy, Sam Ellinger. <laughs> Ellinger is like the uh, like he, they they you design runs for him, and it sounds like they're really excited about him. Yeah, I think they should be. Yeah, I didn't get to see his playtime, but um, it's one I have to go back and watch. But mm-hmm. he looked solid on like the little bits I did see. Cool. Yeah. But uh, other side uh. Panthers had P.J. walk out there for most of the game. So he had a touchdown, and then he had that one where he got it to Terrace Marshall, and he Terrace Marshall, like, chunked off that big game after the catch, which Twitter just noted over that because, like, the the, heart, the height train on him has grown immensely. Um, oh, yeah. And he's good. There was a clip of him, like, like practicing, like, a catch and route, and you see, like, 
DJ and Robbie watching him, and like DJ is like smirking, and Robbie's just there, like with like a like not jaw drop face, but sort of. It was it's hilarious. Like if you go on Twitter, like the last couple of days, you've definitely seen that pick. But um, <laughs> yeah, PJ is fun to watch because he can like dodge pressure and like throw it, but he his he is not accurate. He is a very uh, like sprayed around. I don't know how to put it. Like his accuracy is not good. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Again, he can make some really good plays on occasion, but like he is not reliable. We saw that kind of last year. He he belongs in the NFL, but he's not gonna like he's not he's not a starter. He is a, he is an NFL backup, which is, you know, from where he was a couple of years ago, I think that's very good for PJ Walker. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um to be fair, more in uh DJ Moore and Robbie, Robbie Anderson weren't out that weren't out there. Maybe that would help him look better but i think what we saw last year kind of corroborates what was on display in this game and then uh chuba not chuba but chuba hubbard uh chuba chuba choo choo broke off a nice long uh chunk run so that was that was nice to see he was someone who was like really hyped and then the hype died on him it yeah i mean he did did he get injured in college is that what happened i can't remember what it was but yeah, he's someone who like, like in, as far as like Debbie leagues go, where like you can get guys before they like you know leave college essentially. Um, he was like super high valued. He was like a really hyped guy. Like I think if he'd come out like a year or two earlier, I can't remember what the exact situation was. Maybe he couldn't have come out earlier. So he, oh yeah, he, I think his yeah his last year he got hurt. It looks like because his 2019 season he had 2,000 fucking yards. Huh. <laughs> There's where your hype came from. Yeah. Um, let me look up what the injury was. Da-na-na. Apparently an ankle injury. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. Hopefully he's Gucci now. Seems seems like it, but yeah. It'd be yeah. nice to have him there yeah. behind uh, McCaffrey. Yeah, if you have a 2,000-yard rushing season, you know, that's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he went nuts at Oklahoma State in 2019. <laughs> but, yeah. Mm. Nice to see him uh, looking good. And again, yeah, definitely a good handcuff to keep an eye on for sure. Um, he definitely got drafted in rookie drafts, but like at the end of your rookie draft leagues, definitely someone to snag just because like if something goes wrong early on, McCaffrey, like I can hope it doesn't. You, you may end up dropping in a couple weeks like, okay, I need to make some moves, blah, blah, blah. But like the, the, he, he like, so the other people's handcuffs and then um, my like, that's always fun to take. And then the other type of guy I like to draft, like at the end of, like, you know, once you get like to double digit rounds, I like to take guys who I will quickly know if they're going to be on my roster or not. <laughs> um, and like I said, Chuba's not necessarily one of those. He's like the, uh, you know, stealing a handcuff one. But I'm trying to think of like who, like Malcolm Brown is a good example. Like you'll kind of know early on if he's worth having on your roster. There are a lot of guys like I mean, Christian Kirk, maybe. There are definitely plenty of guys who like fit that mold, except shit. Maybe even like Melvin Gordon. Like, you'll know quickly. Like, oh, should I keep this guy or not? Rather than like someone like uh, I'm trying to think of an example. But there's plenty of like, like steady, you know, floor picks that you're like, I guess I'll keep them, and you never drop them because they keep producing for like a little bit. <laughs> but they just kind of tease you along. Yeah. So I, I I prefer to go for those like guys like with some upside where I'll 
know quickly if I can just drop him or not because there's going to be guys you want to pick up after the first couple weeks anyway. So, yeah. But yeah, hopefully next week we you know we see a little more uh, starter action. We can get a little more to talk on, build on. Ho- hopefully, like we come back saying some of the same things and like notice a trend. Like, okay, like this is going to be a thing. Right. Now we're looking for trends. Mm-hmm. I think we'll see some more starters next week. Uh, at least, hopefully. Yeah, we better. <laughs> we better. But uh, until then, thank you for tuning in. Uh, you can find us online at mozzieandthemuscle.com and on TikTok and Twitter at mozzieandmuscle. And uh, we will be back next time to talk about uh, the next slate of preseason games.